Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Aftermath. Today, we'll be speaking with our guest expert, Dr. Sabina Brenner, neuroscientist, psychologist, and host of the podcast, Superbrain. Let's hear what she has to say about the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case. Today, we're discussing the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case, and I'm excited to have you on, Sabina, to help us talk about the mental health aspect about this case. Yeah, sure. So although she wasn't formally diagnosed, Dee Dee is thought to have had Munchausen syndrome by proxy, MSBP. Can you start off by telling us, uh, uh, giving us an explanation of, of the syndrome and telling us the red flags. Right. Okay. So Munchausen's syndrome by proxy was first kind of um, sort of brought into the public sphere by a doctor called Roy Meadow. Um, and he used the term to describe mothers who deliberately falsified illness in their children. He used that term MSBP to describe the combination of the child abuse and neglect and the motivation of the mother. And so there's often confusion about whether that term should be applied to uh, the mother or the child, to the abuser or the victim. You know, who who is that diagnosis for? Um, and, and it actually describes the psychopath- psychopathology of uh, the, uh, the parent, DD, in, in this instance, if she had a diagnosis, um, but also uh, the abuse of the victim. What's sort of more helpful, I think, is, is using different terms for the, the child who's been abused and the 
abuser. Medi- many of the kind of medical personnel would call it medical child abuse. I kind of like that term. It's very simple um, and it is just a form of, of abuse that involves medical um, illnesses, interventions, etc. You know, subjecting the child to um, to investigation, medical treatment, unnecessary. Now, the American Academy of Pediatrics, they have sort of the most recent term that they use is called a caregiver fabricated uh, illness in a child. Okay, so um, I'm not going to use that. I think just medical child abuse, you know, is 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 kind of a helpful term. So anyway, um, yes, and gosh, it really is a deadly form of child abuse. Then if you move to the abuser, are you familiar with or or, are your listeners familiar with ICD, the International Classification System of Disease? No, no, I'd love an explanation. So medics and and sort of psychologists and psychotherapists, they have classifications of disease, you know, um, and and it will come with, you know, these are the symptoms, this is the diagnosis, this is the prognosis. So there's, there's two sort of classification systems. One is the ICD, International Classification of Disease, and then the other is called the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical uh, Manual. Manual of of Mental Disorders. Now, the interesting thing is Munchausen syndrome by proxy has never been classified on either the ICD or on the DSM. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, um, but what, what, what it is more correctly classified as um, now is factitious disorder imposed on another. The interesting thing that separates it from other disorders where they're delusional or um, not aware, you know, they're doing these things, but perhaps not aware or, or believe that the, that the child has the disease. What's different in this instance is that um, the deception of the medical professionals, of the people around them is intentional. They know what they are doing and they are doing it purposefully and they are doing it to uh, satisfy some sort of need in themselves, some sort of psychological need in themselves, whether it's um, uh, the need to receive attention or care. Um, some of the, for, for some individuals, it's the need to be considered smart. I mean, I'm sure if you've done a little bit of kind of reading around this, you know, a lot of these individuals uh, know an awful lot about medical stuff. They know what to say. They know what the, the symptoms are. Um, another, the need is to be perceived as a wonderful carer, you know. And I mean, I know that piece jumped out at me in one of the one part of the documentary where she says, you know, I was born to care for you, uh, Gypsy, you know, so that's kind of can be part of it. But it can also be um, one of the, you know, the psychological needs that it can um, satisfy um, is to manipulate or humiliate powerful figures. So seeing doctors or professionals as powerful um, or to manipulate a spouse um, or even just the excitement of being in a medical profession. Um, and a medical set- setting. It's hard to get individuals to uh, acknowledge or admit that they have it or that they have carried out the abuse. But in some who have, they've described it as uh, like like a drug addiction. They are just addicted to doing it and, ca- you know, imposing uh, this, these dreadful things on their children. Do we know what causes MSBP? Uh, Wouldn't it be nice if I could say, this is how it happens? No. <laughs> There's sort of some risk factors, you know, that people, but there's, there's, there really is no known cause, possibly and most probably likely to be a consequence of, you know, some sort of psychological, 
issue together with a stress, stressful life experience. But what's really interesting is these factitious disorders, you know, imposed on another, they mainly occur in women. A, a significant proportion of individuals who do have this, they have personality disorders and they have personality disorders of the B type. So they would have um, borderline personality disorder, histrionic, histrionic personality disorder, a sociopath disorder, or a mixture of multiple disorders. Um, and in fact, actually, there was a study done um, by um, Meadow, that, that original doctor that I told about, told you about with his group of 47 cases. And, and they found within that, that there was like something like 89% of individuals had an underlying personality disorder. Um, but they also had, um, a, 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 about three quarters of them have uh, a personal history of actually what we would call just Munchausen's, you know, the, 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 the factitious disorder imposed on self. So they have a history of having done that or of somatis, somatic symptoms, you know, um, sort of having pain for which, uh, or symptoms for which there's no, uh, you know, kind of biological cause. Some will have engaged in self-harm about a quarter um have uh, learning problems and the risk factors um that are associated with it are childhood trauma you know so an emotional um emotional physical sexual abuse possibly um possibly also a serious illness in childhood so you can kind of see where that's going here you know that that perhaps um you know they felt loved and and and, and you know enjoyed the attention of having an illness and actually just to co- totally sort of sidetrack that i don't know what what you guys like but, but but in ireland um you know mothers are kind of known for um fussing over their children when they're ill you know and and i always think it's not such a good thing to do let's reward the behavior when the kids are fit and healthy not that they not that they can help being sick but if you only lavish your attention on a child when they're sick I'm not saying they're going to get munchausen's by proxy but but they're going to associate being ill with feeling good or or or, you know getting attention Um, it's kind of something it's very easy as a parent to kind of fall into that habit so it's kind of far better to you know lavish attention on your kids when they're having a good time or when they're achieving things and then look after them with love um when they're sick but not extra special attention anyway that's a real sidetrack there i see um i mean well so other than the obvious physical suffering um how else are the victims of this medical child abuse how are they impacted there's a significant impact on their development um, on their identity and on, on of their sense on their self sense of self one interesting thing is that survivors of medical um, medical child abuse they can become overly compliant so you can see that they'll do what people ask them to do because their entire life they've done exactly as mummy asked them to do so they can that can be you know their default behavior they will just do what they're told um but they can also become um aggressive they too then unfortunately may adopt sort of self-falsification you know they may start sort of falsifying symptoms um they can of course be at risk of you know developing a factitious uh, disorder themselves uh, and then we kind of move into more things that you would see in any form of child abuse because this is child abuse it just happens to take this particular form but um, there's parallels with physical child abuse sexual child abuse emotional child abuse so they may have post-traumatic stress disorder you know lack a a positive self-image in fact I'd find it hard to understand how they could even understand you know sort of who they are 
given that everything is just pulled out from under them that they thought was real and um, eating disorders um and and you know that can be uh you know food can be used or lack of food you know nutrition or starving etc can be used so uh, you know a strange relationship uh with eating then the usual kind of things you know depression anxiety and um, chronic pain is a part, possibility you know fatigue those kind of things and then another interesting thing is they're more likely to engage in risky risky behaviors so more like you know than someone who has not been abused so so uh, more likely to smoke, more likely to um, misuse drugs and alcohol, and also more likely to engage in risky sex- sexual behaviors. I- I'm wondering if you think that this kind of um, abuse that she suffered, Gypsy, could that make a person think that the only way out of a situation like hers is to murder her mother? Those kind of responses are context dependent, and they also depend on the person to whom it's happening it- you know what I mean? So it's like, like in, in any situation, in any abuse situation, some kids will be much more resilient than other kids, you know, um, some kids will just, you know, um, you know, end up taking their own life, whereas others can actually build on it and, and go ahead. So we are shaped by our life experiences. And the way our brain forms is shaped by our life experiences. Do you know, broadly speaking, your brain and my brain, you know, yeah, over here is kind of where, you know, I'll process language and here's where I process vision, etc. They're broadly speaking the same, but how the areas of our brain are connected and speak to each other and, and when, you know, when it's sufficient, uh, you know, of a threat for me to elicit my stress response will be entirely different to yours. It will be based on a you know, a, a genetic predisposition, but also your life experiences and the life experiences that you had in childhood. So how people respond to and in a situation like that um, would be extremely complex. So what kind of treatment is given to people who have uh, uh, MSBP? First and foremost, the priority is to the child. So rather than treatment for the person who has has the Munchausen syndrome by proxy, the first priority is uh, first and foremost to the victim because they are a victim of child abuse. There's child therapy for the child because often they don't understand what has happened. Um, they don't understand that they haven't been ill. Um, uh, it helps immensely for the child if the parent uh, actually admits to the abuse and then explains to the child what has happened. But that's that's quite unlikely. Um, so the the therapist would then take the child through the objective facts of the case. Here's your medical records. You know, here's what happened. Here's, you know, this discrepancy and let the child kind of come to um, an understanding. When it comes to uh, the abuser, the outcomes aren't really very good if they don't, they don't acknowledge that they uh, have been abusing. Um, and just because they receive a diagnosis, it is unlikely um, to stop the abuse. Uh, and, and particularly if they um, have a coexisting uh, personality disorder, which based on that study a lot, uh, a lot do, um, it's really unlikely that treatment uh, would succeed. So rather than it being sort of therapy or treatment, really the approach is about managing it so that it doesn't cause, so that they don't abuse again. It's around having or an appointing um, a medical gatekeeper. So, a pri- you know, to me, this is what surprises me, you know, from where I live. You know, um, I can't just call up a consultant or a specialist 
that's not the way you can get an appointment. You have to go and see, we call them GPs, your primary care um, provider. You have to go there first. You talk about your symptoms and then they write a letter for you to get an appointment to see a specialist. You can't go direct to a specialist without a letter. So when you have that in place, you have a gatekeeper, you have a person who actually has an overview of all the medical situation. Um, so that's one really good way to manage it because then they can actually ensure that the child isn't getting excessive care, that the child can get care when they need it and then reduce or actually eliminate completely visits to various doctors and surgeons, etc. And they'll also work with um, talk therapy, you know, to kind of, you know, as, as you would with any, you know, any psychiatric disorder, behavior therapy. And um, uh, one thing that, you know, in milder or more moderate cases, um, sometimes the, the abuse by proxy only happens when the perpetrator, when the abuser um, is in a feeling stressed. So stress management therapy can, can work and help in those situations, as can, can family um, therapy um, and also addressing any other mental health issues that they have. But they may need medication for those and they actually, in some instances, need hospitalization. Do you think the doctors could have stepped in and rang some alarms or or could this have been spared, this tragedy? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I quite, quite shocked, really. Now, in fairness, it can be quite difficult because they're very convincing um, they can be very manipulative, very knowledgeable. And you have to understand that when doctors go to med school and we as women are kind of glad that this happened because, you know, women, you, know, you know, doctors are told to believe the patient or to believe, you know, in this instance, the caregiver, because there was so many years for women's and women's disorders that we weren't believed. If you had to pick one person or thing that you think is to blame for this tragic for the tragic circumstances that led to this murder, who or what would you pick? I think I would pick the fact that you um, have sort of a fragmented mm, sort of multi, uh, multiple providers of medical care that are not connected. I, I, I think that's the issue. You know, to my mind, the best way to keep a child safe is one child, one central record of central medical records that any uh, any doctor can see the entire, you know, I, I mean, that's that's the problem with medicine anyway. You know, if you have something wrong with your heart, you got to go to a heart specialist. If you have something wrong with, you know, your kidneys, but it's the whole person in, in, in a way. So I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's the breakdown in a system that allows someone to just move from doctor to doctor and make up yes. stories. And those doctors don't look at a history. They don't look at medical records. I mean, a centralization of medical records and a primary care gatekeeper would not only in this instance, but actually would make for better medical outcomes for all of us, for absolutely all of us, um, you know, because so many of our things, you know, you go to, you know, even just yourself, you go to one specialist and they give you something and then you go to another specialist. And I had an instance myself where I got medication from one doctor and it actually set off symptoms um, in another part of my body. And, you know, that specialist said, oh, he should have known not to give you that. But, you know, they... They kind of live in this kind of blinkered way. And, and, yes. and they're artificial divides. You know, our body isn't divided neatly. Like it's only divided up that way to facilitate science and medicine. 
Sabina, can you tell us about your podcast, Super Brain? Yeah, Superbrain is a podcast for everyone with the brain. <laughs> so each week I talk to an eclectic mix of um, interesting guests about surviving and thriving in life. And I kind of then bring a neuroscience perspective to that, what's going on in our brains, uh, you know, uh, as we go through life. I love it. Sabina, thank you so much for talking with us today and helping us get to the bottom. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Good morning. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hello. 
Um, what did you guys think about uh, Sabina's take on the whole case? I thought it was really interesting. I, well, you you know, the, we got a lot of the terminology wrong, and you know, let's be process oriented <laughs> about it. We're not going to be hard on ourselves for no. not knowing, <laughs> no, for not knowing all of the names of these things. That we practice self care over here at the Alarmist. That's right. <laughs> We're not going to be too hard on ourselves for getting all of that wrong. Um, getting anything wrong, really? <laughs> I, I mean, why start now? She never said wrong. <laughs> she just sort of, sort of corrected the she course. Was very gra- she was very gracious about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but she was great. I'll check out her podcast for sure. Yeah, I, I think it it, it is uh, important that we acknowledge, we, we never use the term medical child abuse in our episode. And I think it's important to acknowledge because that is what we're dealing with. Um, and I also thought that it, her explanation of um, DD's uh, you know, s- s- not symptoms, but uh, behaviors. Behaviors, yes. Um, that how they all kind of like played together. It was it, it, she the way she described it. It was like a bit of a a poo poo platter of uh, a lot of behavioral um, problems or uh, mental uh, issues, mental. Um, s- personality disorders yes right i mean well, that's what I, yeah that's what i thought was interesting that she said normally um this what did she call it factitious disorder imposed on another which is a mouthful i'll just yeah. say that um <laughs> fdia i guess would be the fidia maybe is the acronym fidia um, FDIA is that there's normally a, a lot of times people have borderline personality disorders, which I will say, I think we did go a little bit easy on DD in the episode. That's just my impulse because like, like how, what she was saying about, there's not really a lot of treatments for it because a lot of times the people who have this disorder will not admit that they have it. Um, and so I don't know, it's like a lot of these horrible people like murderers, abusers do have personality disorders but we send them to jail right true i although i think it's interesting you say that because in my i i came away from uh my conversation with sabina thinking maybe we went too hard on dd really i i i did i i think she was definitely someone who was suffering from a lot of mental illness right i mean I, I remember in my my take on the original episode, I was sort of, th- there is a major difference in sort of mentally how you approach this, what Dee Dee was going through, I say going through or experiencing as Munchausen syndrome by proxy feels like it's a, an ailment that she's suffering through, but fictitious, what is it called? Fictitious? Fidia. Fidia. <laughs> but it's it's like fictitious disease disorder imposed impaired on, on disorder another. impaired on another. That feels like she's she's more um to blame sort of like she's the one who's acting on these sort of impulses or something. So um There's I, a f- I, it did change my mind I think to want to put more blame on Didi as opposed to less. Wow, so interesting. And then in the end she she put the blame on on the doctors, really the system. Uh, that we have here. And it, uh, of course, it's interesting. Her take is interesting because she's coming at it from uh, a European perspective of because course. she's in uh, Ireland. Uh, and they, of course, have a very 
different uh, system over there. Um, so the the responsibility to her fell more on the doctors, which I I agree with, and I and I agree that the responsibility um, fell more on the system where there should be some kind of a system of alarms, but you know me, I love alarms. <laughs> uh, but what was it she was sort of um, suggesting was that there were, that there was one particular, I guess what would we would call a primary care physician or somebody who was sort of in charge of, uh, as, as opposed to a sort of more disparate. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, she was talking about general practitioners, which we do have in America. Right. But yeah. I guess what Didi was doing was she was jumping around between doctors, sort of like hopping around and not, uh, you know, to her own um, sort of pleasure or whatever. Or, or yeah. Benefit or- I, I, the way I understood it, and this gets into like the conversation of like insurance, um, but like a PPO uh, versus the other types of insurance is like where there's one type of insurance where you have to go through your primary uh, physician uh, if you want to go to a specialist. But if you have a different kind of insurance, which you have the option of buying into, then you can go straight to uh, a, a specialist oh, and consult with a specialist. Mm. So I think what they have, the system they have in in, in Ireland and many countries uh, in Europe is that it's all centralized. So it doesn't matter uh, what kind there there's no different kinds of insurance everyone has to go through the um the the primary physician and they then uh say okay yeah you're right it looks like you need to go see a uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever kind of specialist, uh, podiatrist for that. That's really interesting. I mean, that, and, and that assumes that, uh, in the case of Americans, it assumes that they have the money to pay for insurance, first of all, and then, or, or a job that provides that insurance. So it, again, Hey, making the case for my man, Bernie <laughs> and his, uh, single payer, Medicare for all plan. Let's I mean, get it, people. Come on. This is important. I do. That, I that look. ship may have sailed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, look. Just the you, Bernie boat. Not saying we won't come around. No, the, yeah, Bur- yeah, yeah, Bernie, the Bernie Bernie will be the guy. But uh-huh. yeah, he's he. Uh, but there's pros and cons to both. I, I can see the other side where, you know, you don't want to be tied down to having to go to your primary physician. You know, there are cases where. You, the, the the primary physician might not understand what you're going through and you feel like it's important for you to go to a specialist regardless of what your primary care mm-hmm. uh, that's true. doctor says. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, the, but the case being is that for her, especially, you know, uh, uh, someone who had a, uh, uh, a consistent, um, just like a myriad of, of ailments, it would have been useful for her to have gone through one uh, doctor so that everything, if it all had been kind of funneled through that one person, we would have seen a pattern much quicker. That's interesting. Yeah. See, when um, I didn't realize that all, not all insurance has made you do that because with my insurance, I always have to get um, a recommendation from my GP to go to a specialist, mm. I think. Yeah. I don't. Really? I can just. But I yeah. think we're all on the same insurance. Um, 
I then I think you can too, Amanda. I can. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I gotta go. I got some phone calls to make. Maybe your physician has Munchausen syndrome by proxy towards you, and they want to control everything that you do. Have you ever so thought about that? So I can just that? call like a brain surgeon and say like, Get take a, a look in there. Lo- one, one lobotomy, please. <laughs> about a brain surgeon but you like i you know had stomach issues i went to a gastroenterologist and you didn't have to get a no i didn't have to get it approved okay (laughs) i didn't realize that i thought i had to go through my gp um not not with a ppo not with a ppo we're getting very technical in okay, this anyway, uh, episode. It's all interesting. <laughs> so what I want to know, Rebecca, is you're standing by your verdict. Is that is that what I'm hearing? I think I am. I I I, I hear you. I hear you both in that you think that we went a little light on DD. I actually felt like we went a little hard, but maybe I I tend to you know put at fault like we're. I just feel like there's a group responsibility as a community. <laughs> and, you know, for me, the the blame, it's, it's important for us to all feel the responsibility of making this world a better place versus mm. just like, oh, Dee Dee's, you know, like has problems and like it's her, it's she's to blame. So well, that's just my feeling. There's also... We're at a time in our lives when we're so reliant on a community working together against this pandemic, for example. So mm. that's definitely a theme that's in the back of our heads. So um, it makes sense to me, too. I mean, hey, look, we're all in this together. We need to take care of each other. That's a nice thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what our listeners think, because I'm still, I'm still a little bit, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, we sent Charles Manson to jail. Feels like Dee Dee should go to jail, but but Dee Dee met a horrible end, so I think that also plays into it. But I, 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 I don't fight the verdict. I'm mad at the doctors too. I want those specific doctors to go away for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think you're right. I mean, she just seems like a hor- like she was a horrible person. Maybe I'm, I feel a little bit like we're letting her off the hook a little bit because she was murdered too. Yeah, it, possibly. uh i don't want her as my mom that's for sure no no um so i can i make a quick announcement oh yeah oh and i i I, sorry i i had some uh listeners who had a thought about uh the episode oh please it was greg who uh wrote in and he thought uh, the doctors should have gotten the big slap uh, mm. for not for not uh, reporting the concerns, um, but uh, he also wanted us to blame isolation. Um, he, he said, I'm sure that you've all been alone with your own thoughts, and over time, you know that they can put you in a dark place. So he was... Um, he wanted to blame isolation as being a, a big factor in this case. So uh, I take that point. I think while I think it was a, a contributor, I don't think solely isolation uh, was was to blame. But uh, I, I appreciated uh, Greg writing in. What do you guys think? Yeah, contributing factor for sure. Yeah, thanks, Greg. 
Any other listener emails? That's all. It's, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg. Greg, one and done. Um, okay, so you know how I've been on a campaign to get us to 1,000 ratings? Well, yes. I'm happy to say, thank God we've gotten there. So we are currently at the American Apple Podcast at 1,025 ratings. So you all went above and beyond, which means, Rebecca, do you want to call it? Listeners, you're getting the big clap. Yay! Yay! Um, And our star rating's at 4.5 out of 5 still. So, you know, my wish, my one wish before I get my lobotomy would be that we get to... (laughs) five stars by next week when we release our 50th episode i think it's possible if everyone could see i'm I'm kind of changing my tactics here if everyone could just maybe go on and rate and review and give us five stars maybe maybe that could be cool but i don't know don't listen to me Next time we're going to try reverse psychology where we're going to say, give us a one-star rating, you assholes. <laughs> well, so. I mean, your work is not done, Amanda, but no. congratulations Thank to all you. of us, especially you. You really put in the time. Yes, you've carried this thing on your back, Amanda. Yes, we appreciate yes, it. I know. And, you know, I, I feel like our viewers have noted how much work you've put into it because some have even responded, you know, uh, here's a viewer, uh, Ivalis120, and she said, okay, Amanda, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you guys five stars, not only because you're, you're hilarious, but because Amanda keeps asking, lol, P.S. Please send the fashion industry to, to jail. Yes. <laughs> we got it. If anyone has any ideas on how we can get the fashion industry in jail, we're willing to kind of like compromise here and like reverse engineer the episode. <laughs> well, we should totally do that. Like if we reach five full five star rating, we should just reverse engineer exactly an yeah. episode where we know who we're going to send to jail. <laughs> it's probably maybe like Kate Moss's career or something oh, like that. That's good. The one I did think of that I was like we could definitely get the fashion industry for this but God only knows if that's even true would be who's to blame for corsets oh, oh yeah thank you yes but oh, I don't know Send ladies am ideas. I right but that could yeah. be the patriarchy too so oh jeez oh. oh, <laughs> patriarchy always manages a way to squeak his little nose in there doesn't he <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else <laughs> um <laughs> So that's, uh, you know, thank you to all the listeners who really made this happen. And thank you to producer Amanda for being our, our, our fearless leader in this campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a, that's a wrap on the Gypsy Blanchard case. And I just want to get our listeners very excited for our upcoming 50th episode celebration. Um, We are going to be doing one of the most tragic, the most horrific, the most uh, horrifying tragedies to uh, and disasters to have happened uh, on on this earth. We will be covering Cats the movie. Powered by ACAST.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.